Genre. everyone and welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are talking about the 1990 live action movie, one T-U-R-T-L-E, power minute at a time. I am Scott Tofty. With us today are your regular co-hosts, Chris, Adam, and Rachel, but we have something special in store for you today. Now, normally in this show, we talk about the minutes as they roll by, uh, one minute at a time for you guys, the listeners, but... Today and tomorrow, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We have a treat for you. Uh, We are going to air an interview that we conducted with the man himself that sang the song, T-U-R-T-L-E, Power, from Partners in Crime, MC Golden Voice. We are going to spend a minute 88 and 89 talking uh, to MC Golden Voice himself. Uh, this week, and then next week, we are going to sort of squish the credits from these minutes into uh, our our last and our last week of shows. It's coming up quick, but man, today you guys are in for a really great interview. We we sat with this man for uh, an hour, and we got some some great stories, some great information. I really hope that you are as excited as I am uh, listening to this. I mean, here you go. Listen for yourself. All right, everyone, here we are. We are sitting in the sewer den, hanging out in the secret lair with the one, the only, MC Golden Voice himself. Rich, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great, Scott. I'm glad to be here Rich with TMNT Minute, of, uh, guys. The, 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 the famous partners in crime. Yes. Uh, we know you from <laughs> the, the minutes that we're talking about this week. Uh, the, the hit song at the end of the Ninja Turtles movie from 1990, T-U-R-T-L-E, Power. Yes. As you. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, yeah, definitely, man. I, I mean, I mean, it's all been a uh, it's been a wonderful blessing. Um, twenty seven years in, and uh, <laughs> still doing shows uh, occasionally. Last we did with um, a last big one was the one uh, the epic party that was out in Texas with Vanilla Ice and Tone Loke. And oh, young, wow. Young oh, MC, wow. young MC and uh, digital underground uh, Humpty Hump. So it was a lot of fun. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> what was that show for? Was, was, there a, was that an event for a specific? It uh, was. It was. It was an epic party in Dallas, Texas that uh, this gentleman, Jared, had just wanted to do. A, he's a lifelong turtle fan. Uh, loved Vanilla Ice, loved the '90s, and just wanted to put together a fantastic party with some of his oh, favorite man. favorite bands. Now, did you get to like cross over as far as stage time with any of those guys? Did you do? Was there any like collaboration happening? Or no, not on that one. But the collab, I guess, just being you know, as you would know, you haven't seen, especially Partners in Crime, you haven't seen those groups in many years all together. Yeah. So that in and of itself was the collab. But it was great seeing them uh, backstage and all around. Um, the vibe was all love, man. It was great. Oh man, that's amazing well we are super stoked to have you we've been talking for god 80 some odd episodes of this show now and the the turtle power song has come up it's come up more than once um (laughs) and we have some questions about that you know we have some some sort of behind the scenes questions for you so we're going to just jump right in that 
uh, I guess sort of the best question to lead off with is let's take it back in time. It's 1989. Let's assume probably around then you'll give us the date. Uh, but like, what was your awareness of Ninja Turtles before this project came to your door? Did you know what this thing was? So I was a little bit familiar with them based on, um, the cartoon on the animated show. I knew, right. a, I knew a little bit about it from the comic book. Um, and then the animated show. And that, that was the most of it um, that I was even familiar with them. But, but they were, you know, by 1990, the animated, they had already pretty much caught on. Um, yeah. And, and were popular. Yeah. So you're just sort of familiar with it in like the, the cultural zeitgeist. Were you a fan or did you just sort of like know that this turtle thing was out there? Mm, good question. Um, I would say I just knew that the turtle thing was out there. My first, my first uh, thoughts when I heard about them was, you know, that title is crazy. Um, <laughs> teenage, teenage Turtles. I was like, Teenage Turtles would have been interesting. Um, mute, mutant Turtles would have been okay. And then Teenage, or Ninja Turtles, but then the Teenage Mutant Ninja. I was like, these guys are over the top. But that's they part went for of the hat. It's very lyrical. Yeah, yeah. But that's what kind of made it kind of fun and kind of different. So absolutely. That, I was like, wow. Those were some of my earliest thoughts. Awesome. <laughs> Um, and how exactly were you approached about doing this? Like the, the lyric for those of you that aren't familiar, number one, why are you listening to this show? Number two, <laughs> like the lyric, the lyric is like, it's, it's the plot. You break it down pretty much beginning, middle and end and tell the story of, of the movie. It's a nice summary. It's a nice cap to put on it. But how were you approached about doing this? Did it come through management? Did it, uh, did you have to like pitch a song? How, what was the process of getting this track? Um, and, and getting it placed yeah. in the film. Yeah, no, great, great question. Because, uh, I mean, that's really, that's really wild how it all happened. We were, uh, my original group at that time, Partners in Crime, in the early, early stages. Um, we were doing a lot of demos um, and trying to get discovered and doing things. I met uh, my music partner was James Alpern, uh, Keymaster Snow. In, yeah. in and of all places, I don't know if you guys know this because it's so crazy. But I noticed uh, when I called you, you have an area code for three one five. I'm like, this is Syracuse. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know that's where we started, right? Oh no way! <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you guys, you guys are neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! This interview just took it to a whole new level. You wait a minute! To a, where you went to a whole new? The six degrees got really. It got. It went down to two degrees. Just so yeah, I, I grew up. I grew up in like around Oneida, New York, in a small town called Cheryl, which is just outside of Syracuse. But like nice. I spent a lot of time in Syracuse. Where are you guys? Nice. Did you start in Syracuse proper? Well, let me tell you what the deal is. No, I'm a straight oh, up. I'm a straight up New York guy. I'm a straight up Brooklyn Bronx guy. But attended. Gotcha. But attended Syracuse University. And, oh wow! And James is, was a resident of Syracuse. Key oh, Master that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So we met at Syracuse <laughs> University. So Wait, I, can, this, I ask, can I ask what your major was? <laughs> my, ma- <laughs> my major was, oh, some of it, oh, see, this fits right. Speech communications with a concentration in television, radio, film. So it kind of really awesome. did go down that track, didn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, they got a good school for that out there, man. All yeah, right, I, sorry. Continue your story. No, they absolutely, absolutely do. I was able to take courses at Newhouse, so all of that, man. Um, so, I, I mean, I could jump all around all day. I guess this is good that you guys are getting it. Um, <laughs> so, so, so you major, you majored in hip hop, is what you're saying? Yeah, the pre, the, the pre, the early, early stages of it. Correct. Uh, the refinement of it when you go to speech <laughs> communication. Um, yeah. But so the, the cool thing was this as is really going to jump us around so much with the story. I'm going to get right to what you said and then we'll go back. How we got approached is we were really sh- um, shopping these demos. By the time I had, I was working for WBLS radio station in New York. Um, this was after Syracuse University. That's what I believe mm-hmm. we're going to jump a bit. But here's what, <laughs> here's what happened because this kid is kind of incredible. This, the whole how it came about. So I'm working there. And um, when we were finishing in Syracuse, I told the guys, listen, if we're going to have a really good shot um, at doing stuff more seriously musically, you know, I'm going back to New York. And I think you guys should come with me, too. The two guys that were was besides Keymaster Snow, we also had uh, MC Phantom Rock, who was uh, Nader. Uh, Hatem, who you might know his family's establishment was King David's uh, falafel over by Marshall Street. His family owned that restaurant. Oh, wow. And he had rap skills from back then. So he actually, Partners in Crime actually had originally two MCs and one DJ. The thing that happened is he didn't want to, you know, he really thought about it, but his family's business and his family were in Syracuse area and he didn't want to leave. So we understood that. So, but we made the transition to New York. I started interning uh, and then uh, internship and then working at WBLS Radio in New York. And while there and shopping demos around to all different places, some great stories there, we, we got the opportunity to um, get to SBK EMI Records through one of my radio contacts. They're like, let me take your demo to this new label that's getting started through EMI. I got a contact over there. So we got a call from the A&R guy who said, listen, I listened to, your, I listened to the demo you guys gave us. It was about an album's worth of material. And wow. uh, yeah, for a demo, for a demo. Well, let me tell Holy you, when I, when I tell you that we've been working and working um, and and not always breaking through with uh, with good stuff we like, but not getting that big breakthrough. But we were just cranking right. demo songs out, cranking songs out. So what happened was um, we got the opportunity to they said, listen, I'm, I'm going to take it in. The A&R guy called. He said, listen to your demo. I love your stuff. I said, I really like the energy. I like your flow. I think you guys have a lot of potential. We'd, we'd love to do something with you. But before we even talk more about just you guys as a project, we have a project that's on the table right now, and we need music for it. I said, okay. Now, if anybody knows me, really, my background really, which people didn't know, before you get to this, my background really was early hip-hop days when I was coming up in the Bronx was when mm-hmm. I was watching Grandmaster, guys like Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five, uh, the Funky Four Plus One More, uh, Kumo D and the Treacherous Three. You're talking about all the yeah, classic, classics. classic <laughs> start guys of rap. They were older teenagers and we were young teenagers. I was a young teenager watching them in the parks and the parties. So I'm coming from a real 
rap background and people don't know. Like you wouldn't know that from Ninja Turtles because hey, this is we only know you through this record. No, but, but you were you were in it though. I was in it. I played in the park. Deep in it. Yeah, with in DJs the get down. and all that. In the get down. We'll get to that too in a bit. I thought they did a pretty good job. So so I had that background. So here's what he says. Here's the project we got on the table right now, guys. Um hope you uh we really need a song like yesterday for it. It's based on um a kids uh movie thing really popular and they're called the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's ever heard of them? I said, yeah, I've heard of them. He said, he said, well, we need a song like <laughs> yesterday for it. I was like, so here's what you would think. Maybe some groups are like right away. Oh, great. Well, but we had to pause a bit. You're like, wait a minute. You're coming from what you feel is a very serious kind of rap background, early stages. And here you're presented with a, a kid's movie, basically kind of a thing. And, and it did, weren't, and it didn't explode yet. Go ahead. Did, did the thought like, of of is this a sellout thing did that cross your mind like are you sacrificing the art for like this kids movie just to get exposure like was that something you were wrestling with you know i'll say a tiny bit on the sellout but not sellout didn't really feel i didn't really feel it there for that but you did feel like um you're compromising your your uh the roots or the raw aspect of what you do to do okay. this, I didn't feel sellout, but I felt you're gonna you're you're watering down your craft a bit. It's a risk. Yeah, sometimes you do you do a project and you do feel like this is a sellout. I'm not sure I want to do it, but I didn't feel that. You felt like <laughs> you felt like your first your first enclave out to the real world is going to be the kids movie thing and whatever it is. Yeah. But we did sit down and talked about it from the aspect of this could be a business opportunity to lay something mm-hmm. down that opens the door for something else. And that's how we looked at it. Who knows? This turtle thing might go somewhere. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) 27 years later, uh, you know, with with the things that have happened in gold and platinum. But that's what happened. Um, When I tell you that, and and I love telling this little bit of the story, for everyone who has dreams and goals and passions for things that they want to do in life, and it doesn't quite turn the corner. Or that door, that opportunity of door doesn't quite open up for you. And you're like, I've been working at this thing. I love it, but I haven't quite made it yet. This is all I can tell everybody And when I go out and tour, do other things, and I, I get a chance to talk at the movie talks. Here's what I always say. We were pounding away at these demos and feeling good about what we were doing, but not really getting anybody biting and saying they really like it or want to sign you. But we just kept working and kept working. And because we had that work ethic, when he said, you know what, um, here's what we have on the table. We need it right away. He called me on a Friday afternoon um, and I said, OK, we'll give it a shot. He said, I'll send you the plot points for the movie. When I tell you we finished that complete demo by Monday, we sent it to him Monday morning. Wow. And Whoa. the only reason I could tell you was that is because. That's some turnaround time. It is, because Keymaster Snow, and I only have to tell you, is we've been so used to grinding these things out with a passion. Instead of being discouraged, just keep grinding out. It feels good. We got a new idea for a song today. Let's pound it out. And we were so good at that, that by the time the opportunity came, we were ready for it. You had that, uh, that sense honed and sharpened by that point. Right. And I tell that for anybody who's trying to do whatever it is in life is your passion or something you're trying to really turn the corner on. Just keep at it with the passion. I mean, if you need to pay bills with another job, do that. But keep your passion working because yeah. if, you, if you hone your skills, when the opportunity comes, you're ready. And other guys who are just playing around, they won't be able to match your skill. So you guys, this podcast game is going to turn out sooner or later. There you go. We've been, <laughs> been hustling at this for so long now. <laughs> sure just keep so. at it. I agree. We're I bound agree. to go somewhere. I agree. 
I, I needed to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> you, got it. you got it. Go ahead. What's your next question? Well, you're I, talking I, to you're talking that. to a frustrated musician, a frustrated uh, filmmaker, Chris. Know it. Know what it are you well. frustrated about? Know it well. <laughs> so, so. Just, you know, there's frustration. <laughs> there, there, have, of course, but but keep the passion alive. Keep what y'all are doing. Keep the fun in it. Um, and when that opportunity comes and whatever, I mean, I already like what I've heard. I I listened to your podcast. I listened to some other stuff. I like the energy. I even like this. So keep it up. I think you guys are doing great. You flatter us. Oh, Um, thank you. Did my God. (laughs) Now you said they sent you the plot points. Did you get, just get like an overall treatment of the movie? Did you get the script? What actually came to you? Um, I got, well, the first thing, this is crazy, you know, talking back to like you're in school. Really what I first got is he just, uh, the A&R guy verbally just gave me his notes that he took down on the film and I took down notes. That's the first thing I got actually. Man, that's like... What do you call that? Like third-hand information? It was. It was. <laughs> Telephone. Notes he, of someone else's notes? It oh, it's, a, it's an elevator pitch, it really. It was. <laughs> and, I, and when I tell you, and, and really when I tell you just what you're saying, um, you are getting notes from somebody else's notes. But I want to, you know, I thank God. I'm a spiritual guy. I thank God for my gift that I have had from back then even for, for writing and putting something together um, because what he gave me is not what you got in the song, but I really just poured into it and, and tried to make it, you know, come alive. Yeah. For, I'm, for the I'm sitting here looking at the lyrics now, man. And this is, this is an opus. This is not like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, <laughs> instrumental bridge and out. This is There's like a, lot a, this a, is lot a novel. It it's is. a lot of words. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll share with you guys. And it's none of it's repeated. Like th- there's no, the hook it's is not. two it's words. Not. It's not. And when I tell you guys that now that I'm a veteran, right? And when I go perform it, I was like, why did I write so many why lyrics? Did I do I'm this? exhausted. I'm exhausted doing this track. Let me tell you, I'm like, I'm not writing a song this long. That's uh, when you again. get like a monitor, like a video screen and you just show movie clips. And then you're just like, watch this for a while. I'm going to catch my breath. You should have charged them for the, you should have charged them by the word at that point. I want to tell you that writing. uh, Yeah, that would have been, that would have been great. I would tell you it was definitely the passion and just the flow, you know, that, that uh, I had of energy for what I was writing and I just went with it. Um, I can definitely, you know, write, I can go long on the lyrics and then have to edit and scale it back. But you're absolutely right. But that's what made it great. Wait, was, yeah, was was this the edited version? Because <laughs> you would love to hear me. <laughs> is there are there the more verses, verses that we've never heard? <laughs> there, well, there's always there always is for something. There, yeah. there actually is. We'll get back another time. There actually is an unreleased Partners in Crime album, which at mo- at some point in time we may release. Which would I be was going to cool ask about other music. Which would be very let's, cool we'll, for collectors. Let's come around back to that because yes, I do want to yes. talk a little bit about other stuff you've done. Sure. Um, just this, the process in the studio. You said you were there for like a weekend. Did you guys? How did you cut this? Did you have any live uh, musicians? Did you do it all with like samples and stuff or synths? Like what was the like the actual nuts and bolts of well, putting this track together? Well, the great the great thing about uh, the chemistry between Jim and I, between Keymaster Snow and I, is. Um, we had uh, different talents, and then we had some common ground. Um, some of the common ground was obviously a love for rap music, a love for music in general, actually, because we always pulled from everything from the Beatles to whatever in terms of chords, Oh, my God. Tell, tell that and, to my uh, middle school music students. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they should. If they're listening, tell them. Listen to everything that you can. 
You know, listen to all ty- if you're into music, listen to all the different genres because yeah. you'll never know what inspires you to do something. And you can always learn something, even from a genre you don't really care for. Listen to it a little bit and, and try to just figure it out a little bit. You don't have to stay in it. But uh, and, and jazz, as a side note, uh, my father said, I love it. He's may rest in peace now. His wonderful dad. He had a great music collection, by the way, the wonderfulest, greatest vinyl collection. He said, he said, he played jazz for me when I was younger. I was like, ah, it's okay, dad. I, I'm not really, you know, it's all right, whatever. He said, trust this me. This Ellington guy's all right. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Rebecca who? Yeah. Right, this Miles Davis guy. It's a, it's a what screechy. About him? It's screechy. Um, <laughs> but here's what he said. He said, trust me on this. Right now, it's whatever. As you get older, you're going to appreciate this jazz. It's going to be something different as you get older. And he was absolutely right. He was absolutely wow. right. So I say that to go back to what you said. Wait, let me go back to your thing. So all the genres of music. What was that question right before? Studio process. What, was the, what did you guys do in the studio? You said uh, so, you and Keymaster Snow had some different talents and some right. similar talents. So he was, he was great at, technically as a studio engineer on a, on a home production level. He was very talented in that. He also was a talented keyboardist. A uh, great ear for music, and he was also a DJ, and then I uh, DJed a bit as well. And in my background with DJing was I did have the MC skills, which was different than his. But we had the love for the music. I had the MCing. We had DJing in common. He had the uh, keyboard instruments, and he had the engineer skills. We put that all together. So you're talking about definitely samples. That was the age of samples, but it also was the day the age of of MIDI. Which you know, yeah. uh, and using all the emu. linking up in, yeah, in <laughs> emu. So we're talking about the the early um, Korgs and Sonic synths and all of those sounds that kind of nice. gave us that that Gotham. You know, they were saying we had those synths had wow, that little yeah. early Gotham sound to it. Um, very good way cool. to put it. Yeah, yeah, that's how they were kind of saying it from then. But uh, it sounds it sounds like a city, man. Like that first opening sort of like spooky synth line. Yes, it yes. almost sounds like it sounds like fog rolling into the night. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was just it really just came together well. And I, you know, I'll credit my my partner uh, James for that vibe. When he would, when we were sitting to write songs to do stuff, sometimes I just tell him, you know, let's just vibe, vibe some stuff, man. Just sit down and start messing around, and then I'll catch a vibe of some notes or something he's playing we start building so that's how that that happened now did the lyrics come first and then you build the track to that or is this a track you had sort of laying around that you're like oh wait why don't we write this turtle thing to this track that we've been working on so lyrically some of the lyrics for turtle power was an offshoot of an earlier track i had messed with called confrontation so um, some of those early lyrics were basically it was a, a good versus evil um, expression of good versus evil in various forms okay. and the struggle of it. So some of those lyrics came from that, which I loved. But um, guessing when, nothing that said the word shredder or splinter came no, from that. Song, none of right? that. <laughs> <laughs> none of that. Absolutely. But, <laughs> None of that. So what a coincidence. Right, right. Well, yeah, I had this already. No. We happen to have this whole song about mutant turtles. (laughs) Right. Want to hear it? Here it goes. Listen, I'm not going to lie. Secretly, I was kind of hoping you were like, you know, when they came to us about a turtle song, we had one ready to go. So we just gave it to them. That would have been crazy. Uh, That was was my dream. I was waiting to hear that. Not at all. Not at all. I wish I could tell you that. But you could be happy happy to know that it was what you said. Um... I think I had a little bit of lyrics 
with the spirit of a, a good versus evil confrontation. But then the music um, gave me the flow for the rest. But that that and so I started to apply those notes that I got from A and R. Uh, and just started to live into that moment of what this struggle would be with these heroes versus these villains and, and how it relates to people on an everyday struggle, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, the, especially you get towards the end of the track and it starts sort of wrapping it up a little bit and, and you get more into that abstract good versus evil thing. Yep. Um, after you get through all the details of the movie, it kind of, you put a nice little bow on it. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you. Is the, the, the T-U-R-T-L-E part, is that a vocoder that you guys were... Using in the studio? It's a it's a vocoder. Um, I and I remember this question you had you had uh, posed to me early to know. Definitely vocoder. Some was live my vocal early on because the early version I just was uh, working the the live of that. But then we okay. did the vocoder and all that, which just gave it that it just added to that whole vibe. But also Keymaster, it fit with his thing. He loved the vocoder. It fit with the personality of his keyboard and. Uh, and everything else, which was nice, so it was great. Did um, did you guys get to listen to any of the? I'm assuming probably not the score of the film, the John Duprez uh, uh, music that he composed for the movie. Not at all, but love John Duprez's uh, his uh, score for it. Love love his stuff. I mean, guys, we've talked about that a ton in this yeah, movie. It's constantly. like yeah. yeah, it's been a focal point of our conversation, mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing because your track actually. I guess it maybe it's just time period, but it, it fits like his vibe really well. <laughs> so when we sent the demo in to the A and R and and sent it on Monday or so, and they called us later, I want to say by Monday, either Monday night or the next day, they were like, "Well, we love the song," and um, and we sent however version they did, but Golden Harvest Pictures in China, and they heard, they said they love it. Everybody from the film company to the execs wow. at the music, they were like, and just like you said, you know, something was meant to be because then the score and all that just all fit the vibe of that song. God, this was pre-internet. What did they do? Just hold a phone up to a speaker and be like, listen, to, like Marty McFly, listen to this. They probably went over the wire. Honestly, yeah, they probably you're gonna be a star, kid. Listen to this. Over, yeah, no, they probably remember they, your honestly, cousin. Probably, they probably did. Though. Marvin, probably did. Marvin, crime. They probably did. And listen, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you be excited to call to call uh, the China? film production with a song. If you were looking, because they were like, we need a song. That's what they said. They all were like, we need a song. Wouldn't you be thrilled to play that for your client? Yeah. Over the phone. Like, <laughs> really? That's yeah. awesome. Even that's awesome. I'd sing thrilled. it to them live if they wanted. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be thrilled. You'd be thrilled. It's like, we got um, it. We got it. <laughs> you know that sound you're looking for? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, exactly. man. Um, did you guys did did Partners in Crime get to be part of like the premiere or any of the movie press? Like, what was that like when the movie was coming out for you? Absolutely, I was. It was unbelievable. We were part of the the press. We were part of the premiere. It was. It was. Uh, you know, where you always hear from people that it's like a little bit of a dream. It's a little surreal. That's how it was. Um, had it that been, song got kind of huge, didn't it? Say again. I said the song got big. Like it, it, did. it blew up. Oh man. Uh, I remember working at 
So I was working at WBLS radio station again. I always say those my early days in broadcasting there. Uh, I worked as an engineer and in the traffic and continuity department. Um, so staff knew, there knew that I did music a little bit and cut these demos and was trying to get something heard. So there was a late night um, DJ, a uh, wonderful lady, Champagne, who did like the, the female disc, disc jockey Quiet Storm. So she do the late night slow music, soft voice. Really yeah. wonderful lady. Um, but, but, but she had her radio voice. So when it was, wasn't, wasn't her radio voice, she'd be, she just sounds regular. So, so like, hey, that's what's happening. But when she's on the radio, it's like, oh, it's WBLS and you're listening to. So all that was always fun. So <laughs> I, 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 PR voice. Right. So I say this to say, She's, I love it to death. I say this to say, I was sitting, to give you the answer to how this feeling was, I'm sitting at my desk, and she calls me at the desk, and she says, Richard, um, weren't you doing a demo thing recently, a music thing? I said, yeah, I was. She said, oh my God, I was listening to Z100, Luwaga, and I swear I heard a guy on the radio who sounds, sounds just a- like you. Yeah, Z100 is like the big station in they New York here. Hu- and at that time, it was huge for yeah. at that for radio. They were like number one, kicking it out with Scott Shannon. Number one in every Arbitron God, book every time they came out. is he still there? He might. I don't know. Or, or running... <laughs> Oh, they got him propped up, but he's uh, yeah. <laughs> but he was he was the man. And let me tell you, when she called me, that's how I knew. That's how I found out it was playing on the radio. Wow. Yeah, there's so nothing it, there's nothing weirder than hearing yourself on the radio. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's crazy. weird, but it's reading also, your it's own like, obituary. It's awesome, maybe. it's awesome. You know that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd rather hear me on the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be a little weirder. It's a little dark. <laughs> so this thing, yeah. weird. It hits thirteen. On the on the Billboard Hot 100, yes. number two on rap singles, and it goes to number one in the UK for the, four weeks. In the UK, right? and was that That's, unreal when I went over there? Did you have to call it Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles over there? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say they don't even call it Digital Turtles it, there. It was, it was. Um, actually, it was okay when I was there to call it Ninja Turtles and do it when I was there live. But when you right. send it there and overseas, it was Hero Turtles. Right. On, on the pressings and everything. Um, and, and I recorded hero versions uh, and on, pro, on promos and stuff, but I don't think, um, not on the record at all. Now, the promos had did it. You, did you have to do like the, I'm going to record it in Spanish thing too? Did you have to do any like that? <laughs> Only like, no. <laughs> like Elvis did. <laughs> I did not, but uh, I, I would have. I would have tried some a, a version of it. I feel like there's um, a market you haven't tapped there yet, sir. <laughs> I, uh, I would Portugal have, I would have messed with it, but we certainly did radio promos, and I certainly went to Spain and, and did yeah. and did Spanish television show and did and did the song. We did the song for Spanish television. Um, <laughs> really, really, you know. A wonderful experience. It really was. So you got, you were like superstars, if, you know, if, in in the if, wake of this thing. If Facebook and stuff, if, I, t- I always tell people, if this was right now, the way that that song had come out, I mean, every social media thing, we would have been, you know, it would have been so huge because, but they didn't exist then, that kind of social media. Yeah. And I guess the double-edged sword is they, the, 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 uh, the what do you call the not the record company but the the film company there they're probably more concerned with pushing the movie and using you as a means to that end so you know what was like what was the support from like your label and all that stuff as far as the song and pushing you guys after that like did that momentum continue or no absolutely like like you already are are saying it it really was 
Um, and I said, no, I didn't even have any regrets as it happened. It's just amazing. Um, open doors playing all over. But the the focus of how that happened was still related to the movie. Correct. Yeah. So which we were willing to ride that wave. That's not a problem. Sure. As, you, as you saw it <laughs> happening, like this is unreal. I would have, I wouldn't have taken That's this a fun wave. Yeah, exactly. Ride that son bitch all the way to shore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and just to think, you almost could have made a decision like, nah, we're not doing it. Um, yeah. Oh and, man. And, yeah. And that would have been, you know, you would have been sick about that. Um, but, uh, to answer your question, yes, it started to skew more towards mostly the movie. You didn't get the, the kind of development we wish we would have got for some of the rest of our, our music. But that right. was the nature. Well, that's partly the nature of the music industry, the old music industry. Yeah. Because now. Uh, what is music industry now? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fractured. But in a way, in a way, it's good because the independent artist has much more of an opportunity to, yeah. to be heard. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Um, so we, for the first time ever, I can't believe this is almost embarrassing to tell you this. I had never seen the music video for this song. Wow. <laughs> like yeah, I remember we just, we being, just watched we it. We just watched it together. I was, cool. I was in Canada on vacation with my family. And like this song was like on a jukebox that's at like cool. the KOA nice. where a camper was parked. And like, that's my memory of this song. It was, like dancing around, like around nice. a pool table when I was like eight years old, nice. like jamming to this song, playing it over and over again. My father's probably just like, Oh my God, can we go now? Nice. I'm like, no, one more. Give me more quarters. But I'd never seen the video. So we, just sat down and watched the video for this what the heck was that like that was you got to dance with turtles that was amazing yeah it was amazing um first of all one of the big things we shot underneath the manhattan bridge in new york oh is that where it is (laughs) yes dumbo nice yes so we're talking about there's that real that real sewer tunnel vibe um right under it was right under the manhattan bridge Ah. um which is very cool. Um, it was. It was. I'm gonna have amazing. to go location scout that now. That, I'm gonna go find sh- those spots. And so, and so at that time, they're shooting with. Um, in those days, you're shooting with a film crew, really. Because now, if you shoot it, you're gonna be shooting in HD digital, right? Right. But yeah. then you're basically with their DSLR. Right. But now, back then, though, basically it was pretty much almost movie equipment, um, right? And everything. So. That was it. Was an awesome experience. We also went to Times Square at at one two in the morning with turtles. I'm in the middle of Forty Second Street <laughs> at two in the morning, rapping with turtles by Sabaro's Pizza. And let me tell you, people were and, and but but you know it's New York. How did Domino's Pizza feel about that? Oh, they yeah, right. you know, they, they they couldn't touch the turtles out there. You couldn't do anything. You just have to you, you just have to chuck that one off. Like we missed that opportunity. Um, but it was it was amazing. But part of the funny thing is half the New Yorkers out there. Just how New Yorkers half are not phased even. Right. Two in the morning, but others could have been <laughs> real mutant turtles. They would have been like, Meh. right, right, <laughs> right. You're I'm going like, to Laguardia, right? Yeah, I'm, right. Late. I'm late for this party, this club. Um, no, absolutely, man. Um, it, was it looks amazing. like it was. It looks like it was cold out when you were doing this. Like you can see your breath in this video. Freezing it was definitely <laughs> freezing, and we were out there from um, from. Uh, I want to say the start of the shoot was about one uh, noon or one in the afternoon, and it went to three or four in the morning the next day. Oof. Dang. That's how that went. Yeah, it was all day, you know, especially with film, old-fashioned film. Yep. Setting that up, you know, much faster with um, digital now. All right, so you guys have just heard part one of our 
feature interview with MC Golden Voice, Rich, from uh, Partners in Crime. And you guys are going to get a lot more of this interview tomorrow on Friday. We got a whole other segment. We're going to talk about some more about making the music video, uh, what he's been up to lately, Star Trek for some reason. It's all cool. It's all great. You guys need to come back tomorrow and get that and listen to it. In the meantime, I want to thank you for tuning in. Make sure you're going to duelinggenre.com slash support. Uh, if you want to become a patron of Dueling Genre Podcast and get some cool stuff, make sure you're checking us out on Twitter at, at TMNT Minute. Also on Instagram at TMNT Minute. And please send us your questions. If there's anything you want to know about us, anything you want to know about our thoughts in the movie, questions about the movie in general that we might be able to answer, then please go to uh, Twitter or email us tmntminute at gmail.com uh, and we will do our best to answer those questions on our grand finale episodes which we'll be recording in January coming out towards the end of January maybe early February it's going to be great we're going to have all the hosts in the same room we're going to be going crazy doing as much turtle stuff as we can in a weekend and getting that out to you guys uh, for your listening pleasure thank you so much for listening we'll catch you guys on Friday and we'll be back again Monday with minutes uh, 89 through 94 Bye, everybody.